0: Comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. Third.
1: A foot race the other way.
0: It doesn't get much better than this, folks. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand. And with me today, as always, is Logan Stump how's it going jordan i'm doing well i'm flying high how are you yeah. doing with uh we're landing as
1: low as possible
0: <laughs> i think we're on the tarmac
1: so the tarmac's got us and uh, we are not looking for liftoff we are parking it for the rest of the year
0: that's unfortunate
1: yeah it really must suck to be up there at forty thousand feet flying high
0: yeah <laughs> no it feels pretty good nice. um But yeah, so we are here to break down the amazing playoffs for MLS Hmm. so far, Um, especially that West. Uh, So let's go ahead and first talk, though, about the Galaxy has had some changes. They are um, declining some contracts. They've declined for Daniel Acosta, uh, Kai Korniuk, Eric Lopez, O'Neal Fisher, Victor Valdez, uh, Augustine Williams, and Ethan Zubak. Uh, out of contract, Jonathan DeSantos. He's gone. Sasha Kleschen and Justin Vom Stieg. Uh, DC United got rid of quite a bunch, huh? They got rid of... Yeah. Um, they got rid of uh, Ramon Bila, who they traded for well, midway through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, well, he was out of contract. I guess I don't know how it's working. But Yamil Assad is contract declined. John Kempin contract declined. Felipe Martins contract options declined. Uh, out of contract Ramon Abila, Giovanni Bolivar, F- Frederic Briand, Michael Deshields, Joseph Mora Jr., Marino, Jordi Reyna. And Chris Seitz. So,
1: so he, lots of uh, movement. Aaron Lasada's got to buy a whole new team. <laughs> He's going to be shopping. And it'll be interesting to see if they bring in recycled players. That's what the, what's going around on Twitter. They're like, DC United is just known for bringing in more recycled players uh, and not actually bringing in. Well, I mean, they brought in Looney and Luciano, but uh, they were talking about how they send, tend to want to fill out their roster with a bunch of recycled MLS players recently. So, <laughs>
0: I love that. Did you notice you called him Looney and not Rooney? Did I? <laughs> yeah, you said yeah, Looney and to Luciano. <laughs> <laughs> Uh
1: Looney the Rooney. Uh, they brought in Looney Rooney, the Looney Rooney band. So, yeah,
0: yeah. So a little interesting start there to uh, some of these teams' preseasons uh, or post seasons, um, as we go here. But uh, yeah, just a great. Great start, I guess. Uh, maybe this is uh, Losada's – some of these are his decisions maybe of, you know, moving on to different players. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think being in your own guys is always intriguing when moving to a new club. Um, he played well with them. I think that obviously they overperformed, I think. Um, as many thought that they weren't going to be as good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, they really did. They got They got – They got good play this year. Uh, Ola Kamara was really good, had 19 goals chasing down. Tati Castellanos for that golden boot. Um, Kevin Paredes was really good uh, this season as well. Julian Gressel played every single match and stayed fit and played well. Um, It seems like they have that system figured out where they can play that back, I guess the back three or converted five when you really think about it. But um, no, you and I were really low on them and – outperform everything that we expected so it'll be interesting to see what he does with his own clientele
0: Rumor is too that Paredes is going to be called into the US camp yeah. for that December friendly uh, which will be interesting um, but uh, yeah so we've got uh, also some other stuff going on here Ezra Hendrickson mm-hmm. is becoming the coach of the Chicago fire. Um, apparently it was a field of a hundred applicants or more, um, according to George Heights, the sporting director. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we have, uh, he was a Columbus crew assistant and he is getting a job at the, at the fire. So what are your thoughts here about the fire and this hire? Oh, that rhyme. No. <laughs>
1: fire hire, um, also a team that I think got rid of I think we read that last uh, episode where they were getting rid of pretty much their whole team. Uh, I even think they put soldier field up for sale because the bears suck too. So, um, <laughs> no, it, it, it's interesting. I, it's one that I thought many, many thought that they would go after a bigger hire. Uh, I know that the name wasn't necessarily what a lot of people wanted. I know reading through some Chicago fire Twitter, it wasn't fire. It was very kind of cold. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of pieces that he's able to pick up. Um, I, I, I I would start naming players that that he's not gonna that he's gonna be without. But um, let's see if I can find it real quick. But I know Stojanovic is left. Um, oh yeah, it was have, a huge a, list. Of... Huge list uh, of people. But um, I think they got most of their DP positioning uh, or positions left on the roster. So I think they'll be out shopping for sure. Um, but I think they need to get the stadium thing figured out. I think they need to get, you know, fans back in the stadium. Um, they claim to want to bring the club in and that's what Ezra was uh, talked about in his presser when he was introduced, um, earlier, but he talked about bringing them back from the position that they're currently in. And for a long time there, Jordan, I thought they were real contenders for that, uh, wooden spoon. Um, if Cincinnati hadn't been so bad. So it was, it was quite an interesting year, and it'll be an interesting year to see because he's got pretty much a clean slate to work with in Chicago. And, and you remember their good days when, what, it was it hadn't been since Bastion was there? Schweinsteiger?
0: I don't know if they were good days. Um,
1: better days, sorry?
0: Better days. I mean, they're real yeah. good days. I still remember those when they had, like, uh, <laughs> when they, when they were, like, Jeez, how long ago would that have been? Er, Like early, uh, mid-2000s? They were pretty decent. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so let's go ahead and move on from that um, and talk about Coach of the Year. We kind of got this one right, huh? Bruce Arena. (laughs) Named Coach of the Year. We also had... um, uh carlos heel named as the comeback player of the year from his injury from last year which is interesting does this mean that honey Mukhtar is mvp logan were the voters throwing him a bone or is he going home with both awards i honestly think he's going
1: home with both awards i know that twitter likes to think that honey's going to get the mvp i i just feel like when you have a historic team, I don't care if he's a comeback player, he can be comeback and he can be the best player in the league. Those are two separate awards, and I do think that he ends up getting the MVP just because he has been heroic. I mean, it's been a phenomenal season, which he's added so much in their attack, and without him, they they really they played well enough to, to get by, but I don't think have a, if you had a whole season without him, it wouldn't have gone well. He had 11 assists. Uh, he played only 28 matches. Um, he was able to grab four goals. He wasn't prolific in scoring, but he's, you know, he's always been more of the guy that's setting up the attacking players. So, and, and if you look at their attacking players, Gustavo, both 15 goals, Adam Buxa 16 goals. Buxa had been kind of a shell of himself um, and now has warranted some interest for European teams in the Premier League. Um, I know Lester had been thrown out there uh, as a potential candidate for uh, Adam Buxa. But I think it, it's interesting because it it shows just how well that the talisman is playing, and that talisman being Carlos Heel, and he's a wizard in what he does and creates in that midfield, um, which is why they became the most historic team that's ever played in MLS and, and got as many points as they did. And I'm not sure anybody breaks that record anytime soon because although it seems to be increments as we step forward, I, that's a really high point total that they finished with, and I just don't see where... Another team is going to get, you know, the, the seventy-three points that they got this year. He deserves MVP.
0: Um, I, I think Hani Mukhtar is going to be MVP, and I think he deserves it more than Carlos Heel. I think, you know, when you look at just, uh, you know, total goal contributions, I think Mukhtar has been better. I think, uh, you know, that time we've talked about before of Carlos Heel missing time. This year, and they did not miss a beat. Uh, you know, they got to that point total still without him being there. You know, um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, for me, uh, I would go with uh, Mukhtar MVP. And I'm thinking this might be a sign. I'm thinking this might be a sign that, that people saw the light.
1: <laughs> Do you think uh, he's 26, honey? He had 16 goals, 10 assists. That's uh, outrageous do you think that there's pot because he started in bundesliga he started with hertha berlin um he played some benfica played uh well sorry he played one match with benfica 13 with salzburg and then he went over to denmark and was playing with bornby um do you think he has interest in going back i, I feel like he hasn't he hasn't written his story like he wants it and i think you know, there might be some interest there. i just interested in what you thought because I he struck me as a player as 26, like that, that is right in your prime. I mean, I, I could totally see him making a, a move back because he is German, so I could see him saying, hey, you know, I want to go see what I can do if I can make a Bundesliga move.
0: It's very rough for a person to come over here yeah. and go back, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. even especially at an age like 26, yeah, I think most teams are staying away from that because, you know, they're looking at maybe the quality of the league and say, I don't know if he can do that over here. And at that point, he, maybe that he does, he's 28, 29. And at that point, you know, he's already, we can't resell him for even higher. Um, so I, I don't think so. And if I'm Mukhtar, I honestly would rather be in this league where I'm playing all the time. I'm MVP. And Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, banging in goals for fun to, like, make a name for myself here because, you know, look, if he did very good these two years here, goes back overseas, flops, and goes back to, like, Bronby, like, I don't know if that really helps him at all. Maybe gets him a little bit more cash because I feel like Nashville and uh, any other MLS team would probably shell out more for him here because of his uh, record in MLS. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I was just curious. I, I didn't know, you know, I, I I haven't watched it long enough to know if that had been a move that somebody has made uh, where they kind of bounce back and forth. I know we've got the opposite where we've got guys that grew up in this league um, that end up that getting back. to a certain point, right? Um, or Jordan Morris kind of thing or Dempsey or, you know, guys that have left gone from here to Europe back here. So it, it was, you know, just kind of moving pieces. I know there had been some articles written earlier this season in like september and october that could he possibly make a move back to europe because that's where he came from
0: so i maybe. guess it's possible but mm-hmm. i just don't know what team would go out there right now and say we need a honey Mukhtar. Yeah. um it would be a really lower level team and i don't know if i'm him if i want to be fighting relegation when you could possibly win cups here with nashville like mm-hmm. Uh, I get there's, like, the hierarchy of leagues that people say, oh, well, that league doesn't matter as much. But, look, like you, if you're Brendan Aronson right now, you're probably having a ball at Salzburg because you're winning, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, gonna, it's tough to win those winning atmospheres, I think, because yeah. if you go somewhere and sit on the bench or don't do as well, you probably think, if I could have stayed another year or two, maybe we could have won something there. Um, that's how I look at it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he's got a lot to build in Nashville. He's got a new stadium coming, uh, which looks like one of the most beautiful stadiums that's built in MLS. He's got a great fan base. They probably have arguably one of the best fan bases. Uh, and I know and they love the him game here soon. Yeah. And they absolutely adore him. He he took a little bit to adjust. But now that he's adjusted, he's become possibly the best player in MLS. So it's exciting and, and I'm, I'm excited to see where Nashville ends up just because they've got so many good pieces that they can now build around. Now they've just got to put in some time, you know, in the attack and, and we'll get into that when we get to the union game. But it, it, it's definitely something I was curious about. Cause I, I was watching him look guitar play and I'm like, he, he's got Europe written all over him. Still. He, he plays a very European style game, but I, I didn't know at that age, can he make that move back?
0: Yeah. Him, him going back to Europe would be like, I don't know, like, are signing for like the Mets yes. or something,
1: right? Or like <laughs> you know, like the Rangers. one with the
0: Dodgers, something. but mm. you have gone to the Mets now.
1: It's like the guys that are getting that get interest from the Marlins. I'm like, why? Yes, what? Yeah. What? Like, why? Or like, no offense, no offense, no offense. I love you all to death. You're one of my favorite peoples. But if you're like, you know, leaving uh the Union to go play uh, star man, star role at, at Cincinnati. So <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen it's like Jim curtain like unbelievable yeah unbelievable
0: yeah um <laughs> let's go ahead is there anything else we need to talk about uh, yeah we get into Dude, the games we broke the news of Bob Bradley oh um, yeah yeah Bob Bradley you know he called <laughs> me the other day <laughs> he's like where should I go I said Toronto make me look smart so yeah. he went to Toronto. Almost as soon as we were done recording, right? It was like mm-hmm. the next. Yeah. It was announced on Thanksgiving, I think, that uh, that Bob was walking to his presser with Michael mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving, I think, um, which they don't celebrate up there. They celebrated earlier, so maybe that's why. But also, it was nice to have a little family moment there. But yeah. Bob is going, and I know last week I said. Uh, Tim Bezpachanko as the uh, GM. It was Ali Curtis. I don't know. Bezpachanko was there a while ago, but um, I just totally blanked on that. But uh, Allie Curtis is the one that stepped down. And um, we have uh, Bob Bradley who's going to take over player management and also the, the management side as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I'm already calling it now. I think, you know, coach of the year potential. A Bruce Arena esque turnaround uh, for the for TFC, but uh, who knows?
1: It's a young squad, uh, sort of like they've got remnants of a young squad. They've got a lot of the older guys, but they've also got some young guys mixed in that I think what you say might be correct. I think that they've got the good bones to kind of rebuild that thing. It's not like this team was bad for five years straight. Like they had just recently been competitive. They were sec- so, they're second I mean,
0: place in the East. <laughs>
1: right. So being that good um, and kind of starting out pretty, I thought they started okay. Like, and then they get Soteldo, which, you know, I don't think he's there. There's been some rumors flying around that, that he hasn't gotten along with Pulsuelo and, and because Pulsuelo basically said uh, in a press conference this week that he, he didn't, he, Plays with Sotelo on the field, but he'd rather not play with him off the field. Meaning, like, they don't want to go hang out. Like, I don't want to go have beer with you. Um, Which, I mean, I think people forget that. These guys are professionals. They're going to be very professional on the field if they're good professionals. And they might not like each other. Like, we work with people we don't like. um, But we're professional. And we work with them because it's better for everybody else around us. So, again, it it was interesting. But, I mean, when you got guys like – Michael Bradley hanging around. You got Richie Larea who who's had a, a good season. Um, you've got Mavinga, who's a, a seasoned vet uh, and friend of the show. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Osario's, uh you know, coming on but playing pretty well. Um, the, you know, twenty nine, not the youngest. Soteldo's twenty four. Um, Kamar Lawrence twenty nine. So you got some younger guys, kind of in the, you know that mid to late night or twenties. Uh, um, that'll give you some stuff. And then I, I, I was impressed with Schaffelberg this year. Uh, I thought that he played well. I thought at, at times O'Kella looked pretty good. Um, they'll go, of course, have to go place um, Justin Morrow and Josie. And then, of course, they were missing Io Akin, uh, Akinola for most of the season and played 11 games, had three goals, and he was – a guy that they were expecting to have a breakout year. So I think Bob's got the nice team in place. I think Bob doesn't have as much pressure as he would in LA. And I think that playing with Michael and and kind of coaching his son again, um, you're going to get a lot of emails from different parents uh, complaining about playing time. You know, I think Jefferson's is going to have his mom email and saying, you know, Hey, you know, Bob, I know he's your son, but come on, Michael's looking a little, a little tired out there. You got to get some rest, but be interesting. Do you think that, um, Bob Bradley's wife, I guess if he has a wife, is, like, the team mom and, like, gives them snacks and stuff after the game. Is that a thing?
0: (laughs) No, I don't think that's a thing in in professional. (laughs) That's really too bad because,
1: I mean, Capri Suns after a hard-fought game was always solid. (laughs) Jokes aside, I think TFC is going to be, like you said, uh, a team to watch out for. And, again, I think they're going to reign supreme here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, we had uh, – uh, we have another article here. New England Revolution uh, came out today. Not worried about the layoff before the before the playoff opener. So doesn't that mean you think that it, it they're worried? They're even more likely <laughs> to lose now. Like, yeah. I feel like all this stuff being said, it's like okay. Now I feel like they're like trying to deny it so much that they're going to lose. Yeah. Um, because look, we've seen what it's what it's looked like for teams that have had the layoffs, uh, and it hasn't been good. No. Um, and <laughs> they haven't played in how many days? 23, uh,
1: 23. Yeah.
0: 23 days. That's three weeks. Almost a month. <laughs> that is three weeks of no game time. A little bit of it with probably no practice, right? Because of the international break or if they had practice in freaking snow, it was probably, I don't know. Did they have anybody yeah, on there? Well, but... Turner left. Right. So it's like not even the whole yeah. team was together during the international break. So I don't know. I feel like it is very, it's going to be very tough to, uh, to win this game. NYCFC have been on fire recently. Like I really worry for the revolution, but if they get the job done, they host this Eastern conference final at Foxborough with uh, facing off against the union who they've done well against this year but it could be setting up a perfect revenge match for the union who won the supporter shield last year, had a home game and then the revs came in and beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if the union go up to the revolution and do the same thing? Revs win the supporter shield. They have a home game and then they lose to the union, a team that they've done well against this season. So, I mean, it is so, some story potential there. If that's what happens, if not, then you have NYCFC, uh, going to Subaru Park. Mm-hmm. Um which could be interesting as well because NYCFC played the union well. Union have gotten the jobs done. and not to skip to them right away, but I mean like the union have got the job done in the two games that they had to. Mm-hmm. Not convincingly, but they got it done. And uh, that was part of that easy path I said, like the easiest path. And now of course they have to face the reality that now they have uh a tough chance. Uh, you know they have to go up against the Revs or NYCFC, which would be teams um, to go up against. And then you know, West Coast side, if they can get to an MLS Cup final, Union have a shot because as we're gonna transition to the West real quick, and we'll start with the West, and then we'll come back to the East. Is the West has been pretty wild. All of the top seeds are. <laughs> Are gone. They're gone. We have a four and a seven in the conference final on December fourth. Portland versus RSL. We had Seattle draw with RSL nil nil. RSL wins on penalties six to five. <laughs> <laughs> After not registering a entire shot in that game, missing Rusnak. Then you have uh, we already talked about SKC beating Vancouver. So then we knew that Seattle would have to. I mean, RSL would have to face uh, Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City take an early lead. I'm texting Logan saying RSL are done. They're not going to be able to do it. And RSL do it again. They they tie it, and then Bobby Wood wins it for them. And uh, still no Rushnak, right? And mm-hmm. they move on against a tough Sporting Kansas City at Children's Mercy's Park, and move on to face Portland, who beat Colorado very similarly to the way RSL beat Seattle. I mean, Colorado was dominating that first half on Thanksgiving. Mm. Second half, Portland started coming in a little bit more. Then Colorado started taking it back a bit, and then Portland, off of a free kick uh, or a set piece, um, score a goal, uh, good volley, I thought, but um, hit a deflection, right? And then we had um, a red card for Portland as well, there at the end, but it, it kind of got like really crazy finish mm-hmm. at the end. But unfortunately, the Rapids just didn't have enough firepower, right? They had the chances, they just couldn't put them away. It's like watching the Union,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I, I. With the Rapids too, I mean, it it, it goes to show I think too that they, they they had a layoff, they they had time where they sat around, you know, waiting uh, again for uh, Portland, and I, I think that it it had a huge effect. Um, the the speaking of the Seattle game too, it, it was like it was like these bigger teams almost would say that they were a little too overconfident, didn't really think that these. You know, teams that hadn't played as well, especially RSL who kind of snuck in uh, Day of the Dead pretty much. It was pretty much them sneaking in at the last minute. I think it was like that 89th or 90-minute goal um, on decision day that ended up – I think it was 90th or something like that because it was right at the end. But um, to, to get in on Krylock's goal, uh, to pretty much ride him all the way through into the playoffs and now looking at where they currently sit, um, it, it's, it's amazing because I think some of these big teams – like you said, like Seattle, like Portland, they come into these games and really think that, you know, uh, they've got the game in hand. They play well the first half. They play well. And uh, like, I thought Seattle played well uh, pretty much the whole first half. And then they just kind of fizzle out and disappear. They had so many chances, I think, to put RSL away and obviously didn't convert on any of them. Um, 21 shots, three of them on target, a uh, 14% clip against an RSL team. like you said, that didn't register a shot. Mm-hmm. But the Sounders, you, you've got to put a team down. You can't just let them hang around. I don't care if you're at Lumen Field, if you're playing on lava. Like, I don't, I don't care where you're playing. You have an advantage, put them away. And I, I think that was part of the problem with Seattle. And then, it again, it became an issue when, you know, Portland was kind of sitting back, sitting there waiting. Colorado had controlled the half. Colorado played well. They were at home. The atmosphere seemed to be great on TV. Um, Colorado had played well defensively all year. They're playing well defensively against Portland, keeping neck and neck. Portland injured; don't have their guys out there. Sebastian Blanco got hurt, um, and then it breaks loose, and then they go and lose. So it, it really—I mean, it, it just these teams had chances. The top seeds had chances to put teams away, um, and they just couldn't put them away. Uh, especially at home but it, it was like don't play at home um you're, you're going to lose <laughs> if you're in the west uh which yeah which tends to be the case so and it did happen to skc um which we haven't really kind of gotten to but it, it happens to every single one of the home teams of the west every team every home team in the east is one so <laughs> i don't know it's it's wild but i don't know what, what were your overall thoughts because As this weekend's unfolding, sorry, as this whole week's unfolding, I'm having the time of my life because I'm seeing these underdog teams in my first MLS season where I followed all this, just completely go MLS After Dark and and start playing with my mind. Uh, I woke up and I thought for some reason Cincinnati had a game coming
0: up. (laughs) You know, you know, you're dreaming then.
1: (laughs) But I don't know what. Like you've watched it long enough. Is is this? so far one of the craziest ones you've been a part of? Because the West, at least, has been absolutely bonkers nuts, um, especially with how poorly teams have played and still have won. It, it's shocking to me, like, how bad RSL was trying to convert any kind of chance, and then they go and beat the Sounders in a, in a penalty.
0: Yeah, I would say it is really crazy. I don't remember it ever being... Um, Upset like, centrals? Yeah, th- this bad, you know, like for... These big teams. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and even when we look at the East, right, like if mm-hmm. you're looking at the Union, they're having the same issues yeah. that, um, uh, you know, that the uh, that the West teams were having with dominating, not putting the ball away, though. Mm-hmm. But somehow they got past it through a Glesniz rocket. Yeah. And penalty shootouts that the other teams, you know, Seattle faltered in penalty shootouts. The union looked really good in penalty shootouts, and they also had Andre Blake. So like that's something that was able to at least lean on the strength of part of the team in that regard. But overall wise of, I don't remember ever the West, specifically the West where usually we talk about how strong the yeah. West is and how top heavy it is. I mean, the, the top three seeds are gone. Mm-hmm. Seattle, uh, who remember yeah. have been in a MLS Cup final like five years mm-hmm. out of like six, right? Has yep. been Seattle or something crazy like that. Yep. The other one out of those six years is uh, Portland, right? Uh, I think it's ten straight years of a of a Cascadia team yeah. in the in the Western yeah. Conference final. Which is insane! So in that case, we're seeing Portland, who was really good last year. Also, MLS is back winners, right? And you're thinking, okay, that's still like a really respectable team. But the way that they were playing this year was a lot, you know, not as uh, not as good as those other teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you talk about it and you put it in the perspective of the Rapids, the Sounders, and SKC were literally battling on the last day for <laughs> top seed yeah. in the West, and it meant nothing. It meant nothing.
1: So oh, they got to, like, it, I guess it depend on the order they went out. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they got the jockey first. went
0: first, then SKC, <laughs> then Colorado, right, and then SKC. Um, but yeah, it, it was, um, I don't remember it ever being this bad in the West. Eastern conference wise, I think that pretty standard so far. You mm. know, um, a two seed. What was Nashville a three seed? Yeah. Right? Versus what a one and a four mm-hmm. revs and NYCFC. So I mean mm-hmm. like top four seeds are all in there mm-hmm. uh, right now, which is I think pretty pretty sad. I think usually the upsets are more on the east side because it's such a cluster, mm-hmm. usually. You know, the west is usually pretty while they're tough and if they're tough all the way down, you usually have the cream rising to the top in the in the west. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there was those years where the Galaxy were always in it, too. And then you kind of had right from there to Seattle always in it. Like, there's kind of been that consistency in the West. If one team leaves a vacuum, another team comes in and dominates that vacuum for quite a while.
1: Without the revs, I mean, the East would have been a lot closer. Philly has 54 points. On the 7th, what is the Red Bull? They had 48 um, if you look at the Rapids, they had 61, and then the 17 RSL had 48. So, like you said, it, but I will say that it did, it did seem like, it always seems like the West, like the top teams beat, like you said, top heavy beat the living crap out of the teams below them. Right. Like there's never, it, it's, you never go into a game and go, oh my God, Houston beat so and so. It's always like, oh yeah, Houston got smoked by Portland or Houston got drilled by Kansas. Right. That year. You know, we're at least in the east, you do have some parody, and you do have like an Atlanta United who we thought might miss the playoffs quickly. Um, and then all of a sudden, turn that season around, and they're back up to where they belong. Um, and then if you look at the west, I mean, you really did, I, Jordan. I thought for sure, for sure, we were gonna have like a SKC, um, Sounders or an SKC. You know, or uh, Sounders and Portland or like somebody that like one of the Cascadian teams or one of these big heavy hitters or Colorado was finally going to get their chance to smack around um, with some of these bigger teams that we've always talked about. But it ends up being Portland Timbers, who, again, have been a very good franchise, um, probably one of the more historic teams in MLS going up against a team that nobody, especially when they announced that Albert Rusnak was going to miss a game possibly do There was no way I had them going through. If I was a betting man, I would have easily have had them out in the first round after that news because he'd been so vital to what they had done this season. Eleven goals, seven assists, um, always involved. He's their captain. Um and without him, there's no Demir Crylock. So it's you know, it's getting to that point where I was just like, this is unbelievable, this run that they're making. And it's not like they've played well to get two specific points. Mm-hmm. They were down on decision day, got lucky, bounced in. They got absolutely manhandled in the first half, but Seattle just couldn't score. Jordan Morris looked fantastic. They, he looked like he had been creating. It looked like they were going to get one to Rui Diaz. It looked like this team was laid back. They are all smiling on the bench as if they were playing some meaningless game in August. Um, and then you've got you know, guys like that, that where they bounce it, and then they beat them. And they beat SKC at Children's Mercy. So it's like They've gone through the gauntlet, and now they've got to go to Providence Park. If they win at
0: Providence Park, you might as well
1: just give them MLS Cup.
0: But I'm kind of rooting for them to win in there. so mm-hmm. I think the Union have a better shot against RSL <laughs> than they do Portland. As <laughs> crazy as it sounds, a home game for Union. Don't lie. Well, I mean, they both would be home games, I think. But like, w- yeah, what I would, what, what I would want, right, sure is, would is the lower seed, just because. I feel like RSL's issues are almost the same as the Union's that I feel like they have a better shot there. I think Portland could play the Union off the park if they want it. But, you know, uh, but then I'm tempting fate, right? (laughs) So (laughs) Who knows? Um, But RSL, just really, when you look at what they've done, the head coach leaves Mm midseason, become an assistant coach in a Western Conference team, right? You have... Uh, y- you know, you have uh, what Mascherano stepped in, right? Yeah. Mascherano
1: stepped in and it was uh, what's his yeah. name? Had left for, uh, God, what is his name? I'm like blank is it Jimenez. That sounds right. But he went to Seattle.
0: Uh, crap. Yeah. Just to be an assistant too, like that is yeah. I think it's. Why would you give up a head coaching job for that? I don't even understand. I don't understand. I would I, – you know, we we see this happen. Freddie Juarez is who you're talking about. All um, right, thank you. But, you know, we see who uh, – you, you know, when you're looking at um, – when, when you're looking at it, right, when you look at, like, NFL. Yeah. You have coordinators leave great franchises all the time mm-hmm. to give their shot as a head coach. And this guy gives up a head coach job to go to an assistant. Uh, I don't know why. Um, maybe he had some ties either. there. I don't know. But so he leaves, joins the team that they're going to knock out, which is crazy. Um, Master Rainey steps in. The team performs well. Like you said, they were, they were very close to not even getting in. Let's do an exercise here. L.A. Galaxy, get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do they do any of this? No. Or are they out against Seattle they game month? They're against
1: Seattle. Yeah. So
0: they're out against Seattle. Mm-hmm. Then, what, Seattle versus SKC. Seattle wins? SKC wins.
1: Who? I think SKC, what, they would have been at home, right? Mm-hmm. Would have been SKC. At no, home. no, Seattle. No, is Seattle. Seattle yeah. uh, I'm still going to go SKC. I think they've got a better team. But...
0: SKC move on. And then they face against uh Portland okay. still. Yeah. I mean that it's pretty interesting how yeah. things could have shook out but now we're looking at maybe RSL ends up winning the whole thing. Uh I remember when they won their first MLS Cup, 2009, mm-hmm. you know, they uh, or was it 8? It was 8 or 9. Um up against the Galaxy in the final, and I know what you're thinking. They're both Western Conference teams, Jordan. How did that happen? Well, back in the day, that didn't stop anything. <laughs> There was really, MLS Cup, uh, the way that that worked for MLS Cup back then was very, very odd. So let me go ahead and look at 2009. Mm -hmm. This was hosted in Seattle, by the way. 2009, MLS Cup, neutral venue. Ew. Yeah. So here we go. We had, um, where's the rest of the playoffs? That's what I want to see. I want to see the whole layout of... The playoffs for 2009 MLS Cup. How do I do that? Come on, Wikipedia. Show me. Um, road to the final. Here we are. Okay. So I'm going to give you... All right. There were seven teams in the East and eight teams in the West. That's how far we've come. Okay. Who was the top team in the East? In the East? Oh, uh, 2009. you I graduated. graduate. East.
1: I don't know. Like, are they like funky cities? Is this why you're doing this to me? Are they like weird
0: cities? <laughs> it's like, the crew. It's the crew. Okay.
1: I thought you were like doing this to me because it was like, I'm going to name like the, uh, I don't know, the Sounders. And you're going to be like, oh no, they were in the East that year. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense?
0: No, it was, it was, Three. It was three very old teams in the top three. You had the Crew, the Fire, and the Revs. Okay, Okay, and those were back then only three teams in each conference got in. Hmm. Well, three teams in the East got in, five teams in the West got in. I guess they were doing um, point totals after that. Uh, Then you have in the West Galaxy, Dynamo, Sounders, Chivas, and RSL. Oh, you don't you don't know Chivas, do you? Okay, Chivas Chivas, uh, Chivas, Chivas Chivas, USA. No, they they were folded. They were another LA team. Okay. Um, and then they folded, and then LA? they announced. Yeah, they folded, and then they announced LAFC. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I remember them. I like. I remember the team name. Yeah. Um, only because yeah, they I, played.
0: They played in the same stadium as uh, as. Gallup. USC. Uh, did they play in USC? Is that where they played
1: SoCal? Like the, no, they the play. They
0: play in StubHub Center. Yeah. Or whatever galaxy calls it now.
1: Oh, so it was still there, same park. Like they've still. Yeah. The game. Okay. Yeah, they've had their they place for a while. Idea. I didn't know. Like I, I'd love to go. I need to go back and do the landscape anyway because I'm covering this league now just to go through the history of it. But they were talking about like games being played at the Rose Bowl at some point and like. Oh yeah. Wild I, games. I have a
0: very great DVD of this, by the way. It's like MLS Cup Finals from, like it's highlights of every MLS Cup. From the uh, initial one all the way up to like 2006, I think. Well, that would be cool. Um, okay, so then it went, they they just kind of like seed it then. However, it was awful. So, like, RSL entered into the east side of the bracket, okay? What? <laughs> because they took the best teams yeah. from the, you know, they, the they took versus. even number uneven yeah. number of teams, one of them had to go towards the east. So, <laughs> RSL goes to the east bracket, okay? They beat Columbus. They beat Chicago. Uh, LA Galaxy beats Chivas. They beat Houston. And they get to LA Galaxy versus RSL. RSL wins in penalty shootouts. Um, with, uh, let's see, who were the takers for the penalties? You had uh, David Beckham step up. He nails his. Uh, Greg Burhalter nails his for the Galaxy. Um yeah, Mat- uh, Mathis and Finley nail theirs for RSL, so it's two-two. Then Beckerman misses his. Kervavsky misses his for Galaxy. Then Grabovoy scores. Donovan misses. Williams misses. Then Mike McGee hits. Wingert hits. Uh, Robert Russell hits and mm. uh, Chris Klein and um, hits, and then Edison uh, Edison Buttle misses for the Galaxy. So it was an interesting game. Gosh, those are some names. Nick ramondo
1: and Nick ramondo and goal. Kyle Beckerman was playing then. That was like
0: prime Kyle Beckerman, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, this is how good. All right. So this is how, this. I'm going to name this roster, by the way, because this is actually a really good LA Galaxy roster. Okay. Yeah. Donovan Ricketts and goal. Todd Donovan. Left back, Craig, Greg Burholter, center back, uh, Omar Gonzalez, center back, Sean Franklin, right back, Landon Donovan, David Beckham, Chris Burchall, Mike McGee, Edson Buttle, Jovan Kurovsky. Oh, uh, Omar Gonzalez
1: played U.S. men's national team too, didn't he? Yes, yep. Yeah. That's a squad. Landon Donovan and David Beckham would have been. I'm so sad I wasn't around in Seattle. The manager, Bruce Arena. Still wild to me. There's still gifts of him yelling at Beckham and them.
0: And then um, the RSL team was Nick Romando, Hamasin Alave, Nat Borchers, Robbie Russell, Chris Wingard, Javier Morales, Kyle Beckerman, Andy Williams, Will Johnson, um, uh, Yura Mavsisian, Mav, Mav if I said that right, and then Robbie Finley. And uh, Fabian Espindola. I mean, this was a really good team. This team got to the. 2009-2010 CONCACAF Champions League Final and really had a chance to win this thing. It was a really good squad. Their manager, Jason Kreiss. It's like full
1: circle there. You got Jason Kreiss and Greg Berhalter all in the same game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, but was, that's what uh, fooled everybody into thinking Jason Christ was a great man.
1: Yeah, I mean, that it would, though. To get like, there and then a
0: Champions yeah. League final? Especially I mean, with an
1: RSL on. team, a, a Utah team. I think they had, had won like a title in 1971 was like the last time a Utah team, I think it was a Jazz, won a U.S. title um, in sports. So, yeah, I could imagine why Jason was a hot commodity. And then I could imagine why Bruce was, too. So, it, it's – I it's interesting that, that like, it's like the merry-go-round with us men's coaches. Like when are we finally going to hit the end of the merry-go-round? Um, and all these players have connections. These American players, because it was so small and I think that's what makes it cool about this league and covering it because we've been able to talk to so many people and mm-hmm. hopefully we can increase that more next year where we can talk to even more people, maybe get some players and coaches and former players and coaches on here because I think it's just so fun to listen to their stories because it is so young. It's 25 years old, 26 years old now, um, You know, just celebrating their 26th and going on to their 27th and, and having this close-knit. It's like a brotherhood of this league is like – what did they compare? It, it was like a kind of like a niche club, like a niche league when it was starting out. Like people just, it's kind of like a hobby. Like right, you just, right. you
0: just watched it because it was wild. <laughs> it was, Had no real purpose. Like the people that say, watched it were hardcore soccer fans. did what
1: then. was the what was the thing that they did that was like what was it? It was a uh, oh when they um you said they did a couple things that were like one they didn't like draws. So what did they yeah. do? They,
0: originally they would do like the shootout thing yeah. And then did um, you
1: say there was like a like they were like you like ran up to the ball or something like that and then
0: yes God, yes, here it is here it is. I'm gonna share <laughs> this uh real quickly here just want to share this. We're in a rabbit hole, but this is fun <laughs> that's what we do here um the metro stars. So they had like, you know, a few seconds or whatever to dribble up and try to score. And that's a YouTube video on MLS soccer, uh, YouTube that you can look up and it says it's the best old school shootouts. And it is uh, a whole bunch of videos of them, but you know, that's something that they cover in that, in that DVD I have too, which is, which is funny. But, um, yeah. And when you look at that LA galaxy RSL final, it really Mm -hmm. kicked off LA galaxy, you know, everybody was like, can they not win it with Beckham and Donovan? Like, this is nuts. Mm And then you have, you know, 2010, they win the Supporters Shield. 2011, they win the Supporters Shield and MLS Cup. 2012, they win MLS Cup. 2014, they win MLS Cup. And it really just, you know, they were the, the class of MLS at, the, at that point.
1: Oh, that's where I know Donovan Ricketts from. He was with Portland because my brother and I used to play with Seattle mm-hmm. or Portland. Like we would we would switch off careers. So like too. Yeah. So we, would, we play with. Yeah. So we would like switch off careers like playing with Cascadia. Cause those are the only teams that we knew being in an LLS. Like we knew of Portland and we knew of Seattle and those were the two teams that we played. We didn't like galaxy. We didn't know why we just didn't. Um, so we just would play them all the time. And that was back when FIFA, I mean it like it had to have been in 2000. Oh, this would have been 2014. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it like, they still had, they had Jordan Morris. He was young. Uh, they had Jordan Morris. They had – this was still when they had Dempsey. This is when they had – who did they – oh, I'm blanking. They had somebody else. Uh, Wasn't there another American-U.S. player on that team? On Seattle? Yeah. Defender, 2014. Uh, Who the heck was it, 2014 roster? I'm like blanking on the name now.
0: Uh, they, I mean they had Brad Evans as a midfielder they had they didn't oh they had Yedlin they had Yedlin that's who it was yep. then
1: yep because that's when he because that's, that's when, when he, he broke, broke on the, the scene and then he yes, got transferred. yeah yep. that's exactly what it was yep because we were oh, like oh my man. gosh like it's Yedlin and you got Dempsey and you have Jordan Morris and it was like a, a perfect blend of players.
0: If you think like Seattle nowadays is fantastic, like th- literally that Clint Dempsey Obafemi Martins partnership that mm. they had for a year or two was yeah. fantastic. They were so much fun to watch back then. They still are, but I mean, like, it's amazing. That team did not win MLS cup.
1: <laughs> yeah. Lamar Nagel. He was really yes, good. Yep. I remember that. Um, Obafemi was my brother's favorite player. I was obsessed, uh, with Dempsey, obviously, cause he's captain America. Um, I guess yeah, Anababa was there. Stephen, Stephen Fry has been there forever. Freddie Montero, he had been really young then, right? Like yeah, that was
0: when he was there originally, I think. Yeah, and then he left.
1: What, 2014? That He'd have been 20-something years old, 26. Well, that's fun to do. Anyway, there was Western. Uh, that's the Western Conference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's RSL uh, and uh, Portland. Uh, but yeah, it, it should be a fun time. I think this is going to be a really fun matchup. Yeah, um, prediction. Ooh, do I have a prediction? I got to pull up my prediction. Paper.
1: Or do you want to go to like the East and then do predictions?
0: No, we can do a prediction now. I think okay. that's fine. Um, I am going to go ahead and say, what is it, Portland RSL? Yeah. Call me a believer, baby. I'm going RSL. Uh, and I'll, is go, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go nil-nil penalty, penalty kick
1: win. <laughs> <laughs> uh Esprit is gonna miss. Uh Ladero well, doesn't seem Rucknick to be is not back. We know that uh, much. Sebastian Blanco doesn't seem to be healthy. Oh, he uh, tore
0: his hamstring, I think. I don't think yeah. he's coming back.
1: So, Sebastian's not healthy. Esprit is going to be missing. Hmm. How about they're, they're going to hate me because I called Nico Ladero a temper. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go RSL too, Jordan. Might as well. I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. One-nil RSL at Providence Park. Stunning the world uh, and going to their first and cup finals since that wonderful run that they had.
0: All right. Uh, and then we had, uh, a few games here. We had Nashville defeat Orlando DK scoring very early on, uh, giving Orlando fans hope everywhere. Then Mukhtar crashing it down in the 21st and 74th minute. Cadiz scoring in the 90 plus four to really seal it. Um, to face off against the union where Hani Mukhtar scores again, three goals in this playoffs, but he's going to lose in a penalty shootout. And, uh, Nashville is not going to convert a penalty in that shootout. What did you make of that?
1: That was probably the worst penalty shootout I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, not good. Um, uh, what the three of them hit the moon, I think two of them hit the moon um Andre Blake was good uh I don't know it, it was it, how did you I mean I feel like you had to have been nervous like it, it had to have been nerve-wracking to have the union playing in a in a penalty shootout a year off the Supporters shield a year where they thought, hey you know th- this they thought that our supporter shield was rigged, let's go in an MLS Cup like you had to have been nervous like on your home turf in a shootout with the MVP. Lurking as one of the options that they had to put one home, um, and Blake, I was, but I, I think
0: I, I think the fans helped. I think yeah. uh, you know, w- 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 being able to make them do that shootout at the river end, yeah, from the sons of sons of Ben was great. And then with Blake, uh, you know, making what two stops, and then the rest were just misses. that yeah. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty good. Really bad misses too. <laughs> they were even close. Yes. Um, yep.
1: But I tweeted that Andre Blake, anytime he's in goal, it's between him and Matt and Turner. I think for the, if you look over a window of time, I think over the last two or three years, Andre Blake and Matt Turner have been neck and neck as the best keepers in MLS. So it's, I don't know, like whenever they, it seems like when teams get up against them and shootouts, it's not going to end well. And with Andre Blake, I feel like he's got like a knack for saying where the ball is going to go before it goes. Because I, there was times where he was like, you could see him kind of like leaning one way. Cause you knew he was going that way. And it was like, okay, I know what's going that way. So he went, um, so it just makes you think too, because he's got to know statistics. Like this guy goes, you know, yeah, they, they, to they look in, at that stuff. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he's thought that through, you know, he's thought things through, it just goes to show you how intelligent he is. Um, and he's a hell of a keeper for Jamaica. So it's, it, it is, it, it's, it was cool to see. Uh, I thought it was a wonderful game um, for the union because it was at Subaru uh, had this been a Nissan, it might have been a little different. But I, I think with that crowd, it is so hard to win at Subaru Park. Um, it's really too bad that they couldn't have uh, played as well, and kind of uh, New England hadn't struggled a little bit because it would have been really fun to kind of see Union play at home against the, uh, the Revs. But I guess we'll go to Gillette and and see what the crowd's like there with the Union. But it, it just won't Maybe. be. Maybe it just I just don't feel like it'll be as.
0: Could be the it could be MICFC wow. at at the at, uh, at, at the Stadium. Union at, yeah, at the Subaru. Union.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry about said Yankee Stadium because I forget that you were uh, a second. Yeah, seed.
0: thankfully mm-hmm. not at Yankee Stadium. We don't have to see that again for the rest of the playoffs. Um, but yeah, and we're looking at you know that was how we went there. Um, just I guess quick recap on your thoughts of Orlando. Uh, at the end of the season here, it's uh, now official Nani is leaving Pato's leaving. What are your thoughts on, um, maybe the season as a whole, but also getting bounced out by Nashville.
1: So like to start the year, like, and, and I got to go to the first pretty much half of the season, um, had gone to games and it, they did, it felt like a very dominant team, um, Nani was playing at MVP caliber levels. Uh, I know he had been thrown in there with Hani Mukhtar and uh, Carlos Heel uh, as potential MVP candidates. This was back in like June um, when that was all happening, like June, July. Right. Um, then, then, you start to see his fitness kind of get worn out. Like he starts to get worn out, and he's an older guy. Um, you know, I, his time is slowly coming to an end in football. Um, and it was really cool that he came to Orlando for the last three years. Got to captain a team, a team that was just
0: abysmal, um, kind of a laughing stock of the league. Um, and he played and, well. He never gave yeah, up. Yeah. Like he wasn't like a Gonzalo Higuain.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's the other part too. He fought. And in Orlando, you can tell that's what they care about. As long as a guy's going to fight, and there's times where Chris Mueller would really make me mad this year. But you could just tell because he because he was so good about fighting um even when he was struggling it made it worth a uh, while for Orlando fans and that was the same thing with Nani like with Nani um it, it just seems like he gave his all I think at the end of the season he did pick up some injuries just because of how much he had tried to carry the team um and without DK around for that I guess two-month sabbatical that he had you know the. Where he had some injuries, or he was just, you know, worn out from all the play that he had had. Um, that kind of really bit Orlando because they just didn't have enough. And then their defense got hurt. Uh, Antonio Carlos got hurt. Janssen got hurt. Wuon got hurt. Joao Matinho wasn't ever fully fit. Um, they had to go out and get Emmanuel Moss, who played uh, serviceable. Uh, Vanderwater. Uh, learning the league so he had moments where he was good he had moments where he just disappeared uh you've got a young midfield and benji michelle um andre perea uh and then you've got you know the the wizard himself Pereira, who's now gone too it seems it seems like orlando's going to completely flip script with the wills coming in um and i think it's i I think if you're going to do it now is a good time because jordan i don't know where they go where that where do we where did you go from here like where DK, I don't think is going to be around in January. I think he gets sold. I don't think Orlando gets what initially they thought they were going to get for him. Chris Mueller is gone. He's gone to Scotland. Nani's going to go, I think, probably back overseas and play in Portugal. Um, I think it's very realistic that Pereira doesn't get asked back. Um, His contract has expired. Wuhan's contract has expired. He would be the one that if I was going to sign somebody, that's who I'd sign. Tesho Akindeli is a free agent with a club option. We know that Oscar is not going to let him go. So, I mean, I really don't want to rely on, uh, you know, Akindeli to be the starting center forward for this team going forward. But they do. They've got a lot of things they need to fix. Their defense is pretty solid. They can add a couple pieces here and there to kind of shore up that back line. Um, Pedro is a solid goalkeeper, I think, as you're going to find – so I think it's all about trying to get some of those younger midfielders into the play and into the full Vanderwater, getting him into the full DK, finding a replacement striker, um, and then another winger because you're going to be missing some off the wing with with Nani and with Chris Mueller gone. So uh, it's going to be a project, Jordan. It's going to be a really rough year next year for me, I feel, unfortunately. But I guess we'll see what Oscar does. He's got some DP spots to work with now. So, yeah be interesting to to see what happens. But if that U.S. men's national team becomes available, Oscar is going to be looking going, hey, that might actually be fun.
0: (laughs) That's who I wanted originally. Um, Yeah, so we get uh, tomorrow, or the day you're listening to this at least, Revs versus NYCFC, 7.30 on FS1. Then, uh, by the next time we record, we will have seen the game on Saturday, Portland versus RSL on FS1 at 6.30 on Saturday the 4th, and on Sunday the 5th at 3 o'clock on ABC Philadelphia versus the winner of the Revs and NYCFC. And then the 11th is the final. So by the next time we record, we'll be previewing MLS Cup final of 2021. And if it's in Philadelphia, I'll probably be going to that game.
1: Are we going to do prediction for the East and then uh, the final, I guess?
0: I mean, um, Up to the
1: final, sorry. I guess we, we can
0: we can do a quick prediction of the East. We don't we all we know is that it's going to be Philly versus one of two teams, and I feel like that's not as fun. But uh, yeah. NYCFC or Revs. Um, so who do you
1: think is coming out
0: of the East? Like,
1: if you had to pick a team right now to come out of the East, out of the three that are remaining, who would be your favorite?
0: Uh. I, I might have to go NYCFC. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think they. I think they just got really hot at a, at a time, and you know the Union strikers are not scoring. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they made it this far with their strikers not scoring is is amazing. Actually. Um, Sell that. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but you know I'm saying like the, the fact yeah. that they made it this I far, know you, you know when no Kribelko at all. No, Shibuco, no no Santos. Santos missed some huge chances that would have not had that game go to penalties. Um, but yeah, at least he's creating chances. Shabilko wasn't creating anything. Um that if if it ends here at the Eastern Conference Final, I would be okay with that. I'd say, guess what? Get a striker, and maybe we have a shot at winning MLS Cup. I mean, that yep. would be That would be my takeaway with that. You know, starting Supporter Shield 2020, Eastern Conference Final 2021, get a striker, win MLS Cup 2022. Um, That's kind of how I see the roadmap. But in my head, I'm dreaming also of going up against one of these teams at Subaru Park and then winning MLS Cup Final at Subaru Park. That is kind of like my dream right now that I'm like, in two weeks, Union could be lifting the cup against RSL. That would be great. Um, but, uh, I, I sadly think, I think Rebs with the long layoff, Philly hasn't really looked good. NYCFC was kind of on a hot run near the end of the season. I think they might have the best chance. And I'm, I'm going to say that they're probably the team that's going to go into MLS cup. So congratulations revolution. Cause you're going to be the ones to do that. Now that I said that
1: <laughs> I, but I'm in agreement with you. Like I am. I was not concerned about the Revs layoff until I've seen what happened. Like I was concerned, but like I am overly concerned now that I've seen what has happened. Now that what I've seen what's transpired. And my favorite thing is somewhere in the press conference, I don't know if it was Kessler or it was somebody um, that said that they had been training in an intense way so they're ready after three weeks of a layoff. Which is funny to me because I'm like it doesn't matter. You're not playing another team. So you're not getting any kind of preparation for another team because ultimately Jordan, all you have to do is, is make sure Carly's heel doesn't make that turn. Doesn't get in that midfield, make that turn, put his nose down. Because if you stop that, I'm not sure if Gustavo Bo and books can put it together enough for the Rebs after this time of layoff. Um, So yeah, I I think my favorite is, is union. I think they defend well enough. I don't, I, I think when, NYCFC is faced against – when they're put up against a defense, especially when all you have to do is stop Tati Castellanos from scoring and you can beat uh, NYCFC, I think you stand a pretty good chance. Being at home at Subaru, I think that Philly ultimately gained the advantage there, and they are so good defensively. Like they – even last – like against Hani Mukhtar, who has been absolutely phenomenal, it was like he was like a ghost Mm -hmm. all night. Like, it it was like he had been a ghost all night. He comes on, he plays well, um, you know, and he finally, you know, he gets one in the end. But it's like, does he really create or do anything? Because he tore Orlando through. Like, he just sunk his teeth and just tore them apart, shredded them. He didn't do that against the Union. And I don't think you can against the Union. There's a little bit of a difference there. And when you've got Andre Blake, the best shot stopper, arguably in the league, it's gonna be really tough, so it'll be interesting to see. I do think the revs, I want to say the revs do beat NYCFC, I guess, but I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a lot
0: closer than than the revs won. All right, and then so if that was the case, we have RSL versus – Who are you saying for? I'm gonna say final? Duke.
1: I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say your boys, the Union. I've been confident in them all year. I've talked about how good they were in the offseason. That's probably most high on them going into the season. I know mm-hmm. that if we can rewind it back, you were pretty much freaking spot on from where you were coming from because you said, yeah. even with those two, even with them scoring eight to 10 goals, that's just not enough in this league. And you're absolutely correct. These two haven't figured it out. And that's been the case. If they're going to win MLS Cup, they need Shabelka or Santos to get off the snide and score.
0: All right. Well, I guess that about wraps us up, right? We did our MLS Cup prediction. We'll see how it turns out, and then we'll actually make a real prediction next week when we know who's in the final. Uh, But if you wanted to give us a follow, you can reach us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, or email us Stateside Show at gmail.com. And uh, we will see you next time. What was your saying, Logan? Come on. What's your Oh, what's uh, yeah. Thing?
1: Uh, my saying. Um, so, do you think that if Bruce Arena wins MLS Cup and Supporter Shield that they'll just name it the Bruce Arena? <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to
0: fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to stoppage time soccer show we hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the u.s men's national team americans abroad mls usl this is stateside soccer show presented by stoppage time soccer show have a good one